looking forward to what the Lord is going to share today through his word. And um, I want to thank all of you for your faithfulness in giving. I do want to say uh, a word of condolence to the Jordan family. Uh, Scott wrote me yesterday to tell me that his stepfather had passed away, and I assured him that we would be praying for the family. Um, and um, God bless you all in this really unique season. Today we want to talk about the knowledge of the Lord. This is a very important topic. And um, throughout the Bible, there are many different words that are employed to talk about either understanding or, or knowledge or wisdom or the teaching and the instruction of the Lord. There are many of them. But one of them that we've never really focused on, because the Lord hasn't directed us to until this point, is what we're going to be sharing today. And it's important for us to see this, because um, this is really an extension, what we're going to study today, of who God is and what His objective is in us. See, God just doesn't want to give us facts. He doesn't just want to give us insights. It's his desire for us to partner with him and to become his sons and to learn of him and to grow in the journey. That's what God wants. Uh, throughout so many years of my Christian walk and, and in training for ministry, you know, there was a great emphasis on teaching, as well there should be, that people would learn and memorize Scripture and say them, uh, and that's, that's a good thing. But one thing that always troubled me was that people really wanted to know the Word of God, but when it comes to knowing the God of the Word, that was a totally different thing. And when we talked about spending time with God, meditating on Him, listening to His voice, interpreting what He's saying, uh, being sensitive to the voice of the Spirit where He could instruct us, that made, and I can fathom this, but that made a lot of people really uncomfortable. And in some ways, we, we were told that that was New Age or that that was some odd thing that that really wasn't of God. But the point is that God is less interested in the destination than he is in the journey. The destination is secure. What God wants to do, he's going to do. He's more interested in how you learn of him and how you walk with him on the pathway. The pathway is something that through eternity is going to continue. The journey doesn't end when you're walking on the streets of gold, talking to relatives you haven't seen, strumming your harp. The pathway is going to continue through eternity. And that's what God's trying to develop in us. That's what sons are. That's what his mighty men are. And this word that is, we're going to look at it regarding the knowledge of the Lord, that's what this word means. So you have the, the Hebrew word there, da, and it means a knowledge that is garnered by our senses in the things that we experience. And primarily, this word is in the feminine tense, which would imply that we are walking with God and we're receiving of Him. 
We're walking of God, and we're receptive to him. We recognize that we need, for life to come, we need to receive from him. Now, this word is used just a handful of times, and I mean handful literally, in the masculine. And that, it's the same word, but it's in the masculine tense. And it's always opinion, something that has been settled by virtue of what you've learned. But most of the time, and especially in reference to God, it's that we are walking with God, He's teaching us, we're learning of Him, we're experiencing Him, we're forming our assessments based upon relationship, based upon how we walk. Now, I want to tell you, though, I want to clarify this before we go into the Scripture. Any kind of experience you have needs to be validated by the written Word of God. You can't just say, well, you know, I know the Scripture says this, but God told me something different. That's never going to fly. God never will abandon the truth of His Word. He's not going to change it just because your circumstances uh, would want to get a, uh, a waiver or a loophole from something that he says some, somewhere else. I remember back many years ago counseling with a, a fellow. This was 30 years ago. I don't know where he is. So uh, 30 years from now, I may say something that Katie told me. I don't know. I'll know where she is. Of course, let's see. I'll be 91 then. I'm not sure I'm going to care what you said 30 years ago then. Maybe I will. But this guy was telling me that he wanted to do something, but that he, he knew that the Scripture told him that what he wanted to do wasn't right. And I said, so why are you here? Are you wanting me to give you some kind of a pastoral exemption? Are you wanting me to give you some kind of a, uh, you know, say four Hail Marys and go ahead and do what you want? I can't do that. Scripture says this. He said, well, I, it was just strangest thing. He said, well, I just thought I'd check. <laughs> I thought, buddy, <laughs> I'm going to keep an eye on you. But um, so anything that God, and this is the way it is. I mean, God leads us into the thing, and immediately his spirit calls to remembrance Scripture. And that's the way we don't miss the mark. The word is hid in our hearts so that we do not sin or miss the mark against God. And uh, so often, the experience that God is leading us through, he uses that to expound upon the meaning of Scripture or an entire theme in the Scripture that heretofore had not been really understood. So you cannot separate this kind of knowledge of the Lord from what he's already said. And that's the beauty of walking in God. When he leads you into new things, if you've been built on a proper foundation, it all aligns. See, only God could have the living word where he shares something fresh and new with you, something that you've never seen before or understood before, and then you recognize this doesn't contradict anything that he said. This just elaborates upon it. This this is a, a light that's shining throughout the course of all of it. And that's a wonderful thing. So you find this word that really means the knowledge of having walked with God and experiencing things in Him 
and gaining his heart, gaining what he, what he wants to say through it. And through that kind of knowledge, this is really a partnership walk. It's a sonship walk. It's, it's a training. Um, you know, I can remember a lot of things that I learned in the classroom. I can remember a lot of things that I learned just by studying the Bible. But things that I can remember from certain uh, encounters that I had or certain experiences that I had, and something that I learned through that has, has, has is never, you, you, it doesn't escape you. And, and when God shows something in his word, that is il- not only illuminating, but it's indelible upon who you are. And it just comes from knowing, knowing God. Most Christians, the only thing they learn about God is through memorizing Scripture or hearing somebody else preach about it. Both of those things can be good. But there's no substitute to having fellowship with our, our Heavenly Father and walking with Him. Now, if you were to study this word in depth and look into lexicons, you'll find something very interesting, and that is that this word is uh, an extension of the Hebrew word yada, which means to talk and to converse. And another very strange derivative of this is when the Bible talks about someone, a witch or a sorcerer, having a familiar spirit. And, and so if the enemy tries to emulate this kind of commune, and this isn't our topic today, but I brought it up, so I might as well just clarify it. Most people believe like when the witch of Endor, uh, this was referenced uh, the other day um, in one of the teachings, when Samuel was dead and Saul went to try to find him and went to this woman, the witch of Endor, it sounds like a Star Wars character, um, said she had a familiar spirit. And usually that meant that there was some kind of an amulet or some kind of a uh, familiar uh, creature, like a cat or something, or an owl. Or, but, but that that thing would supposedly speak and give counsel and wisdom. It's interesting how the enemy tried through that and really bewitched a lot of people throughout ancient times was was a was a pale counterfeit of the true measure of commune that God wants to give to us every day and that's what Saul was missing he was missing that commune he was missing that commune with Samuel and he was missing that commune that God tried to form in Saul from the very moment that he was called to be king. God has given us that privilege of walking with him. So let's look at these verses that utilize this word, and I do believe that this is a word in season for us today. The first is from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. And it speaks about God being uh, the Lord is a God of knowledge. There is none holy as the Lord, For there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let no arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord, Yahweh, is a God, Elohim, 
of knowledge. And by him, the actions of people, nations, are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. But the point that I want us to see here is that the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, is a God of knowledge. He's a God who wants for us to walk with him, to hear from him, and to know him. This is, this is a wonderful verse. The Lord, our God, is a God of knowledge. He's a God of commune. Now, some people will want to make him a God of instruction or a God of rules or a God of, of this or that. But right here, he is a God of knowledge. And this is what he wants for us. When we want to know the plan of God, Yahweh or Lord, when we want to know the heart of God, Elohim, he wants to lead us into that through this type of understanding. And that's the way God moves. Now, who will be taught? Isaiah 28, verses 9 through 12. This is, this is a passage that we've known and used for decades now. To whom shall he teach knowledge? This kind of thing. And to whom shall he make, be made to understand doctrine? This, this is interesting because understand doctrine there is ben shemuah. And it, it really means to be like a son who grasps the, um, the, the true identity of their father and represents him. Um, those things. Whom is he going to teach in this way? And whom is he going to draw near as a son to represent him? Well, you've got to be willing to be weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. Precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may call the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. God's objective is for us to be weaned from the milk. We should not have to be babied all the time. We should not have to have elemental things just given to us over and over again and have lots of different religious recipes for how to make milk. We should not have to tolerate that. You know, at some point you should become uh, lactose intolerant. You should say, I don't need this milk anymore. I'm going to get my calcium and my supply from other things. I'm going to be on meat. I'm going to grow and be strong. And that is essential. And we shouldn't have to feel warm and cozy all the time. And that drawing from the breast would, would say that. At some point, God wants us to grow up and be mighty men and women. And so he wants to, how is he going to do that? He's going to walk with us if we'll let him. He'll speak with us. He'll teach us. He'll guide us, that kind of knowledge. And the, the, the result will be that we will be as a trusted son who represents him. So this is the way God does it. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line. He builds off of those things. And I love it that 
Isaiah prophesied about stammering lips and an unknown tongue because that is essential to this process. Haven't we seen that? That New Testament gift of tongues and diversities of tongues wherein we speak mysteries and we speak directly to God and we gain, we gain as an intercessor interpretation then. And God illuminates pathways as we partner with Him in intercession through the Spirit regarding what He wants to do. This has been our pathway, but the objective is right there at the beginning. He wants a people that he can walk with, speak with, talk with, um, teach, lead us into experiences that we gain understanding through walking with him. Not just hearing about him, but hearing from him. Not just singing about somebody else's experience, but having them for ourselves. Not always having to have somebody else bring us some kind of an understanding, even though we need to be sensitive to that, but that God would have a daily, hourly commune with us. And through that, then, we grow as trusted sons. This is what God wants. And it's really, this passage is the pathway of a pneumatikos individual. A pneumatikos being what the New Testament speaks about as being spiritual ones. Those that understand the deeper things of God. And that was part of the New Testament church, used to be at least. And they and the prophets worked hand in hand together with those that were in the structure of the church. That's what God is wanting to restore to his people today. But essential and paramount in it is that we know the God of knowledge. And that we know that through walking with him and hearing him and and loving and knowing. Jeremiah 3 says something truly wonderful. In verse 15, I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge. Feed you with knowledge. This word that we're talking about. And understanding. This word understanding means that you have, you've gained a, a circumspect, that means that you're able to, to really understand, and increasingly so, what God's trying to teach you in, in regard to whatever it is he's teaching you. And that you're able to delineate between what's happening, how it's happening. That's what this word means. If you talked about understanding from the Hebrew in any other way, that would mean like if you brought somebody in who was going to uh, work on your plumbing. I pray that you don't have to do that. And in fact, I bind that. I speak blessing over your plumbing. You would hope that that person comes in and they understand more than just, oh, I turn the faucet handle, nothing's coming out. Hmm, wonder what that is. They understand the flow pattern. They understand what should be happening. They've got experience. They can counsel regarding not just what's happening there, but why it's happening. So you want somebody that can, can not just talk about the obvious, but can tell you about what's going on, not for the purpose of trying to upsell you, but to fix the problem. That's the kind of expertise that this word understanding is. And guess what? That comes from an accumulation of walking with God, listening to Him, hearing Him. See, so often in church, we just want to deal with problems. We want to we deal with, you know, 
this branch or that branch, and we just are trimming it back, and we're, we're, we're putting out fires all the time. And, you know, people are always wanting this itched or, or that boo-boo taken care of. And, of course, there has to be a place for that to some degree. But God wants us to be a people who understand the root of situations from him, that, that we walk with understanding because God is a God of knowledge. And this is what he's trying to develop. This is who he is. And you notice when God speaks to you, I don't know if this has happened to you, but I'm sure it has been. When God wakes you up in the night and when, when you're praying at different times, God's speaking to you. He's pointing things out. He's dropping understanding to you. This is a gift from him. And, and we need to cherish that and recognize that this is what he created us to know. God is a God of knowledge. And he is so wonderful in that. Now, we're going to spend a little bit of time here in the last two passages that I have. They're basically both from Isaiah 11. But we're going to look first at the objective that God wants to accomplish. And uh, then we're going to talk about how to get there. Okay? The objective is Isaiah 11.9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the plan of God. The knowledge of what God wants to do. Knowledge. Not just, not just uh, being able to, to uh, instruct about something, but to have to have put throughout the world this privilege of walking with God and knowing Him. And not just knowing about Him, but knowing Him. This is what God wants to cover the earth with. He, as the waters cover the sea. I think that's beautiful. I think that's just a wonderful thing. And uh, I think that's really... If you look, that's what God has called us to as, as a saints network. When, when we go into nations, when we go into cities, when we go into regions, this is exactly what God has entrusted us to do, to try to lead people into their calling of being sons and daughters, to hear from God, to walk with Him, to, to experience Him, to interpret Him, God is a God of this kind of relationship, this knowledge. And God wants for the earth to be filled with the knowledge of what his plan is and the knowledge of that as the waters cover the sea. I think that's a tremendous thing. Now, how are we going to get there? Well, the first part of Isaiah says some very poignant things. And this passage has been in many corners. People think that this is a description of the seven spirits of God. Well, I bless those folks, but I'm just going to tell you, first of all, there aren't seven here. And secondly, the entirety of what's being discussed, and we're going to talk about this, has to do with wisdom and revelation. So this is how God leads his people 
walking in wisdom, which in the Old Testament always is taking light into the darkness, it begins with the fear of the Lord. But this is about how God is going to bring about his objective. How is the knowledge of Yahweh going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea? There's going to have to be a whole lot of wisdom. There's going to have to be a whole lot of sons taking his light in order for this to, con for this to occur. The Bible says in our day that darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness is covering the people. What's the solution to darkness? Light. And wisdom takes the light of the Lord into places where darkness has ruled. So it's, it's interesting to me that what God says about verses 1 through 3, there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of Yahweh will rest upon him. So what? let's look at that. This, of course, is prophesying about Jesus, but it's prophesying about any of us that are going to continue to be those, those branches and vines as, as we spread things. Um, I am the vine, you are the branches. We are, we are moving forth, continuing, doing the greater works, the megas works of our Lord, which is what he said we would do. And um, the spirit of Yahweh, the spirit of the dimension of God, God Elohim is his heart, and Yahweh is then the fulfillment of what he wants to do. The spirit of that fulfilling what he wants to do is going to be upon us. Now let's look at it. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Wisdom here means skill, even to some degree wit. And see, that's, that's the thing about it. I like that. I had to include that in there. Because you ever been around somebody that can look at a situation and say something about that situation that is just hilarious? That, that is, I, I appreciate and value that. That is that is such a, that is a rare brand of humor. Where's Ken when you need it? That is a rare brand of humor, and we need that. But it, it, it speaks about you being so understanding and, and grasping of the situation that you can sense different nuances of it. So that's wisdom there, but it's, and understanding. Here's that word again. That is speaking of what it means to be a son. So, you know, I'm going to just tell you right up front before we look at this. This is a threefold principle here. It's promise, seal, and fulfillment. It's talking about how the branch, the branches, you are the branches, are going to go forth and accomplish this knowledge of the Lord all over the earth. So it's a threefold thing. And the first one is that God wants you to become so familiar with his ways, so filled with his understanding, so comfortable with the deeper things of his heart that you really walk as a son. That's the promise. And that's what's going to be necessary as a branch to take this throughout the world. What's the sila part of it? The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of counsel is 
advice in that pathway of wisdom and a plan. And it then speaks about might, Gaborah. Remember what that is? That's mighty men. That's, that's the word translated as mighty men, David's mighty men. That's a derivative from which Gabriel gets his name. And again, remember when we studied about that, how fitting it was for God to choose Gabriel, whose name means mighty man, to come down onto the earth after the rebellion of Satan and to declare that the Son of God is coming and he's going to be the first of many brethren. I think that's wonderful. But how we're going to accomplish it is that we are going to be advised by God as mighty men. Then the last, the third, the spirit of knowledge, that's to be able to be aware, to dissect the nuts and bolts, and get this, of the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We want so desperately to have that happen, to have what God wants to have happen, that we revere it and we treasure it. But look at this that I've underlined here, verse 3. This is a very interesting thing in the Scripture. And take heart, there's only two sentences left to the sermon. So muster up all your attention and look at it. Shall make him of quick understanding. Do you know that's one word? Ruach. That's one word. The Spirit of God. So it says, of the fear of the Lord and the Spirit in the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? Well, the answer is going to be this. The, the, the fulfillment of what we're supposed to do is this. We are going to have done everything that God has asked us to do as sons and as mighty men obeying his counsel to where we're laying out the fear of the Lord. And in that then, the Spirit of God that moves upon the fear of the Lord will come and he will honor and empower and invigorate what it is that he's led us to do. It's a threefold thing, how we're going to be the branch of the Lord. It's, it's really a personification of the spirit of wisdom and understanding. And the end result is that the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So what does this mean for you today? Oh, well, let's look at the rest of it. He won't judge. I told you I had two sentences left. I'm not going to let one of them slip away. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Now, we should see things and be aware. We should hear. But this should not be the primary way that we, that we are led. You know, we should not judge according to our eyes. We walk by faith and not by sight. So many Christians are so much aware of what's happening over here, what's happening over here, what's happening over here, and they become almost, they become sugar addicts for all these other things when the still small voice of God is trying to speak to you and you can't hear it because all these other things are so loud. God wants us to know him in his knowledge, to walk with him, to hear him. And, and, and that's the way we're going to be his sons and daughters. So what is that threefold thing again? The Spirit of the Lord is commissioning this. You're a branch. And you are going to gain skill 
and, and walk as a son to represent him. You are going to follow his advice as a mighty man. That's really needful in the Selah moment. And you are going to be aware to be able to know that you've done exactly, precisely what God has asked. And as you do that in the fulfillment, you're going to say, the fear of the Lord has been manifested and God's spirit will come in that spirit of the Lord and cause things to come to life. To me, that's a beautiful picture. But it's all speaking about the same thing. It's speaking about how sons and daughters will walk in the wisdom of the Lord through his knowledge so that we can show others how to walk that way. See, developing people in the knowledge of the Lord is the high point objective for your life. It's what God wants for you, and it's what God wants you to make as a disciple. And that is so very rare, not only in the world, but in a lot of, a lot of Christian things. You know, I, I'm going to end this message with kind of an illustration. I was flying back from Tucson early yesterday morning. I was so grateful that my flight was delayed. I just sat there in Tucson because there were a lot of rain coming here in Dallas. To me, that was a real blessing. But when I got on the plane, I sat beside a very interesting fellow, a spirit-filled guy who loved the Lord, has been used in a lot of different things. And he, he talked 95% of the time. From the time we lifted off, even before we lifted off, until the time we landed and then up the, the ramp and out into the concourse. Yak, 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 yak. It, it, it was very interesting. I mean, this guy was amazing. But um, he was just telling me a bunch of things. And I think I said six sentences. And after I, I, had to, I had to listen very clearly to hear, Father, what do you want me to say to this one of your children? And every one of the things God asked me to say was something about the depth of this guy's heart and what God was really trying to do in him. And I'm not... I'm not I'm not saying, oh, look at me. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do when someone comes into the church, according to what Paul said, and you prophesy the crypto, the secret place of their heart, and you call them forth to be really what God wants them to be from the foundation of the earth. This is what we should have. And, you know, it was interesting because at my third, fourth, and fifth sentences, God gave me rhema words, and I had to say them quick. I th while he was catching his breath. And every one of those times, this man who was my age just wept. It was really a strange thing. And I pray for him, and I bless him. I bless him, a good man. I, I pray that God will really use those words to draw him into a deeper place. We all want that, don't we? There's none of us who know everything there is about God. Through eternity, we're going to be hearing and learning more and more of Him. It's endless. God always has something new that He wants to teach us. But we don't have to wait until we're through the pearly gates to experience that. We, we should be doing it now. This is what God wants from His pastors. This is what God wants from His teachers. This is God, what God wants from those that are mighty men and women, and this is the way God is wanting to move throughout 
the four corners of this earth as the waters cover the sea. But it's all about you knowing God, knowing Him, not just knowing about Him, spending time with Him, listening to His voice, obeying what He says, as Les mentioned earlier. To obey is, the, is paramount. You can sacrifice without obeying. And, but to obey is better than sacrifice. Why is that? Because obedience trains us in being a son. The Bible says Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And there are so many times where God will bring you to a point that's uncomfortable, bring you to a point that's a challenge. And as you obey, wow, those things just reap tremendous rewards. But you learn through God. I pray that God will cause me to be more obedient, all of us to be more obedient. There's something that uh, uh, there's something about humans that obedience is 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 really in itself at times difficult, but it's so important that we know that when God asks us, it's only going to lead to the good. So I speak over every one of you today that the Spirit of the Lord who is here who loves you and who the, the deposit of God's Spirit is in you. And hopefully you're born again and that Spirit has come alive through the sacrifice of Jesus and the acceptance of that. But I pray that the Spirit of God who's brought this word to, to all of you would lead you into a deeper place, that He would open your ears that you could hear more clearly as He speaks to you and that you would walk in his pathway and learn of him. What a wonder. That's the greatest privilege any human will ever have, uh, to know God. You know, I've, as pastor, I've been around many people um, in many different parts of their life. And there's a, there's a very special treasure when I'm with someone who's about to enter into, to leave this earth and enter into an eternal existence and to know that this person truly knows God and truly walks with God. Because for them, that pathway ahead is not a terrible, horrible thing. It's something that's a continuation of what you've walked on earth. That's, that is worth more than anything you'll ever accomplish here on earth, to know God that way. And that's what he wants for all of us. That's what he wants for all of us. I remember being with a very dear brother. He used to sit back in, uh, in fact, his seat's still empty. Uh, he used to sit back there. He was an older brother. And his name, his name was Murray. Murray Boland, sweet man. Um, he served as a missionary for a while. He did, did a lot of things, but he just loved the Lord. And I remember uh, he had to go to doctor's hospital. used to be much more functional than it is now. I know it's still a hospital, but back then it was kind of more like Baylor and Presbyterian. And Murray 
had to go there. And the doctor said, you don't have long to live. And he was in his late 80s. And uh, Murray just had such a sweetness in his spirit. I was there right after the doctor had told him that. And there wasn't any fear. There wasn't any apprehension. There wasn't a long list of things that knowing that the angel's going to be knocking on the door anytime, he better get straightened. He had walked with the Lord so sweetly that it was, it was an amazing thing to see. And it really it was an impression on my spirit. And just a couple days later, his wife called me and said, the doctors say Murray doesn't have very long now. And so I drove over there, and I was in the room when, when Murray passed away. And I can't explain this. I've had this a number of times. I don't really relish having it because it means saying goodbye to somebody that you've known and loved. But when Murray stopped breathing, there was like, a, 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 the best I could describe it was a great burst of delight just filled the room, filled the atmosphere. I didn't see anything in the spirit. I didn't, I didn't see a door open or any of that stuff. God could have let me see it if, if he'd wanted to. But I felt it. And it was the strangest thing because when, when he, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but when he died, his wife's face just lit up. Now, for some wives, you could, you could understand why that would happen. But these two people, they just, <laughs> leave her alone, Barry. <laughs> um, but his face just lit, her face just lit up with just the sweetness of the Lord and just tears of joy just went down her face. And she looked at me and she said, Pastor, he's with Jesus now forever. And then she looked again and she said, but he's been with Jesus and I'll never forget that. She's gone on to be with the Lord too. But there's something about walking with God to where when you come to the end of life, you're not scrambling to get your affairs in order. You're, you're, you're not calling people in to ask, am I okay with God? And there are many times where that's an evangelistic experience. I understand that. But to have lived your life to the degree that you've walked with God, you've known Him, you've loved Him, and He's loved you, and to enter into those last minutes on earth knowing there's a continuation. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. And we missed him. He was always first one in church, just a delightful guy. We missed him greatly. But he's with the Lord. And I, I, I'm thankful. I know, if I know one thing. When God led us into a place of accepting a deeper responsibility in him. Murray would have been right in there. He, he would have been right with us because it's what God's spirit had already been preparing him for. And of course, he's knowing it now in eternity. But it's our privilege to walk in it now and to teach others and to be to make disciples in, in this same way. So God is a God of knowledge. It doesn't say God is a God who likes knowledge. It doesn't say God is a God who strongly encourages knowledge. It doesn't say God is a God who, you know, really will bless in your pursuit of knowledge, even though those things are true. He is a God of knowledge. 
This is who he is. And he loves nothing more than drawing you as his child close to him and letting you know and understand him and his ways. This has been our privilege, and this is what's needed. And one final thing. Since this is focused on the spirit of wisdom and revelation, learning of God, how important it is for us in this year of grace to have this. Because when you really study about what the seven spirits are, you recognize that the enemy really wants people to go from wormwood bitterness, false prophet, to false promises. Judgment, as Amos said, judgment and burning the wormwood. In between, you've got grace and wisdom. We're in grace now. We need this wisdom. We need an anointing of a deeper appreciation and sensitivity to the knowledge of our God. And I welcome that, Father, for everyone in our network, everyone in this house. I welcome you to lead us into that. We so desperately need this. Um, so many people in our world, in our nation today, but not just our nation, our world, are motivated by bitterness. And through that bitterness, they're asking for this to be done and for that to be done. That's wormwood and judgment. And Amos says you need righteousness. And really, the seven spirits says we need to be moving in grace. Hebrews says failed grace leads to bitterness. We don't want to fail in this year of grace, and we haven't. But God wants us to also have that spirit of wisdom in the knowledge of the Lord. And I release that to all of us, and we welcome it. We welcome it. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And I pray that as the hours go by, these scriptures will find a deeper place in us and really bring life and vitality to every one of us. I pray a blessing over every one of this congregation and the extended congregation in so many nations throughout this nation. I ask you, Father, that you'll meet the needs of every person. There are some today that you're wanting to visit them with a tremendous touch of healing. There are some today that you're wanting to open up the storehouses of heaven and pour out different types of blessing into them because you love them and because you know they're going to need it for what's ahead. There are others, Lord, that simply need to be encouraged. I pray that whatever your people need today, they've been faithful, so faithful to hear this message and they've sought first your kingdom. Now add to them what they need. And I pronounce that over them in Jesus' name. But Lord, the greatest gift that you're offering us now is the privilege of knowing you more. And, and we welcome that. We accept that into our lives. And we thank you for that privilege and we look forward to what you're going to do through it within us and within our walk with you. We ask all of these things in the precious name of our elder brother, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Have a wonderful day. And to those of you who are joining with us, Whatever you're doing throughout the afternoon or whenever you're watching this, God bless you. Tonight, Sunday night, prayer class 530 and prayer to follow. God bless you all.
Goodbye.